Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mbriwa Gavaza, and for today, uh, we do get into a discussion just around the recently held State of the Nation address that we saw happening this week. Uh, we're recording this on Friday, the 11th of February, which means President Sul Ramaphosa addressed the nation late on Thursday. That was the, the 10th of February. It was quite a lengthy speech i think uh, you know some of the time codes that i got it was almost two hours long from some of the things that we've seen um he covered the wide gamut of what's going on out there in the economy just sort of uh, pointing a lot of blame at government um he even called some of the reactions to the the crisis some of the different crises he identified ineptitude in government he identified you know a lot of corruption he identified the fact that there needs to be a social compact he identified issues at state-owned enterprises um, unemployment uh, you know the 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 role of uh, the state in creating jobs versus the private sector there was so much that we actually saw coming out um, of that speech for you know last night uh, but for today we do um, have uh, you know some experts uh, that are going to be you know helping us uh, to you know trickle down some of uh, what was being said yesterday, particularly from a macroeconomic point of view and a uh, sort of business point of view, because everyone sort of looks at, uh, you know, this particular speech in different ways because um, everyone is concerned about it in different ways. You know, if you're a company and you are sitting and you're watching that, you might be wondering what all of the things that the government is talking about, how are they going to fund it? Is it going to affect, um, you know, me and my taxes? And for that, uh, we are joined by Yolandi Esterhazen, who is a registered tax practitioner and director uh, for products compliance over at uh, Sage Africa and Middle East. And then to also give us um, the microeconomic picture what's going on, um, we are joined by Lo Now, who is a senior political analyst over at Oxford Economics Africa. So to get things rolling, I think I'm just going to start um, uh, just getting a sense uh, from each one of our guests just around, you know, some of the main themes that they caught uh, before we get into, you know, some of their different, uh, you know, knowledge areas to see, you know, how, you know, it applies to their areas. So Yolandi, just starting with you, um, greetings to you this morning. Um, you know, from your sense, you know, just uh, an overview of some of the things that you picked out. I think uh, before we started recording, we had just all spoken about just how long uh, that particular speech was. Good morning and thanks for having me and you, right? It was absolutely a very long speech, um, but it's good. I know, I mean, there are lots of plans. Um, so that was great that a lot of things were addressed. Now, firstly, it was great that he acknowledged that businesses create jobs and that they are committed to make it easier for small, medium, large business to actually grow and appoint more people and to access new markets. So a few of the things that actually stood out to me was the first thing was cost of doing business. You know, for a few years, it's actually been mentioned that um, the cost should be reduced for businesses. But it seems like government is now actually more committed than ever before. Mm. What, um, you know, something that also that I had at the back of my mind is last year, 
the, the minister said that the corporate income tax rate would be reduced to 27%. And I know there were amendments in the Amendment Act to, to broaden the corporate tax base. That would be a starting point for this to accommodate this lowered income tax rate. And um, that was to limit interest deductions and assess losses. But nothing else was mentioned since the budget speech. So I'm thinking, you know, yes, he focused on um, reducing the cost of doing business, but I'm wondering if the lowered corporate income tax rate would still be on the cards as part of that. Then um, it was mentioned that they want to reduce the regulatory burden on and to create jobs and growing of companies. Now, we know that costly and complicated regulations have a direct impact on businesses. And he mentioned that a prominent businessman was appointed, Mr. Nkosi, which will run with this project. So I'm looking forward to see what they have in place to reduce red tape and um, the regulatory burden on, on companies. Now, obviously, unemployment, um, on top of our minds, this is one of the biggest challenges we currently have. Um, and I think a lot of focus in this speech last night was placed on inequality, poverty and unemployment. Now, it was mentioned that global business services sector was, was actually on track to uh, create 500,000 jobs over the next few years. And there are other initiatives that will focus on specific sectors. And um, he also mentioned that the Employment Tax Incentive will be expanded. So the details will be announced in the budget speech. Now, during the past year or so, additional funding was allocated to the Presidential Youth Employment Program and ETI, or the Employment Tax Incentive Initiative, was expanded twice. And I'm wondering, I mean, that was expanded. We added more funding to, to address the unemployment issue, but our unemployment rate still increased. So I'm really hoping um, that this increased ETI and the programs and the initiatives that they have in place will really address this problem. But yes, um, we need specific plans on, on unemployment. And I think we were all waiting in anticipation for uh, an announcement regarding the basic income grant. And um, yes, yeah, so, so that won't be on the cards for now, I'm assuming, but it would just be the, the social distress um, relief that will be continued for another year. Now that in itself, will place pressure on the fiscus. And, um, you know, in terms of taxes and whether we will pay more taxes, et cetera, the money has to come from somewhere. And I was convinced that if, you know, um, we had a better revenue collection than expected, we know government is, is um, committed to reduce the spending, to uh, reprioritize cost or and, and reviewing existing programs, but with this, if this continues, then I don't know whether we will keep on seeing tax relief or there might be an increase then going forward um, in taxes. Um, NHR was mentioned, which they were quiet on for a few years now. I know the Davis Tax Committee said it might need 165 billion rand. So that will obviously also have an effect on taxpayers that go through with those recommendations. And then something that I was just um, curious, lastly, to hear about was nothing really was mentioned about the tertiary or the temporary employment relief scheme and the YES programs. What progress, how, you know, statistics in terms of um, claims and how many businesses, whether it will continue or not. So those are basically 
um, the what stood out to me last night. No, no, certainly a lot to you know think about the cost of doing business, employment, tax incentives, basic income grants. Um, you know, not much being said about TERS benefits, all of that stuff. Low, just uh, you know, switching over to your side. You know, what what stood out to you? Um, you know, from you know from your corner. Um. Hello, and thank you for, for having me. Um, I think that Yolandi has provided us with, a, with an excellent intro. Thank you for that. Um, and touched on a number of the important issues. It was an incredibly long speech. Um, but I think it's it's important to to also consider the address in, in, in isolation. Um, as, as someone who, who worked at Parliament for, for many years and has listened to many, many sonas, um, I, I did come away with the impression that this was one of the better sonas that I've listened to in my time. Um, it felt... Um, it felt very complete. It felt like it had a, a good balance between the, the, the normal sort of aspirational stuff and, and the pandering, but also um, there was a, a significant amount of detail, which in previous sonas was, was absent. And, and we saw the president provide timelines for some of these projects, which you know, it's a different matter altogether whether or not his government is going to deliver on these commitments that he's made and these timelines that he's provided. But it's still, in terms of as, a, as far as the statement of intent goes, um, I felt that it was it was definitely one of the better sonas that I've listened to. Um, having said that, um, you know, obviously also with two hours worth of talking, it still leaves us with, with a number of questions. Um, he did provide us with a few answers yesterday, um, as Yolandi pointed out. Um, he made it clear that the, the debate on the basic income grant is being kicked down the road um, and that we have to wait at least another year um, before an opinion or before a decision is made on that. Um, and of course, the, the SRD grant is extended by another year, which I think most people anticipated. Um, but as Yulandi points out, that of course points out that raises the question of, of um, financing that um, it is a significant chunk of change that we need to find somewhere. Um, but he also dedicated a, a very large part of his of his address to to the energy question, which we all know is the, the biggest threat to our economy at the moment. Um, and there were um, there was a lot said about energy, a lot of detail provided. Um, in that, um, you know, there was there's some anomalies that perhaps need to be pointed out. He talks about um, the electricity gap of four thousand megawatts. Um, a colleague of mine who's much better versed at these things um, speak about the fact that the, the electricity shortage is closer to 6,000 megawatts um, and with the, the frequent unplanned plant breakdowns um, and then with an energy availability factor of under 63%, um, the, the crisis is, is very serious and talking about um, plans um, being still at the construction stage or at the billing stage, the tendering stage um, doesn't promise um, relief on that front um, over the over the short to medium term. Um, so again, excellent to have the plans, but we'll have to see moving forward whether or not it translates into into um, real action um, on the on the energy crisis, which he quite correctly identifies as the as the biggest challenge to the biggest threats to economic and social progress in the country. But it did it did touch on a number of issues along the way that, that were important. Um, and I think that, you know, also reading between the lines, um, looking at some of the language he used, this is definitely one of the most um, pro-business friendly um, speeches we've seen in a while. I think there were plenty of members of the ANC caucus who were grinding their teeth as he made his uh, comments about the fact that business is responsible for creating jobs and not government. Um, there were 
almost comical moments where um, the, the the DA benches were were very pleased and 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 and, and cheered on parts of his speech where the ANC benches were stone faced, um, and and. We saw later in, in his speech, he returned to some of the sort of more familiar language that we've seen in the past, talking about our foremost priority is to build a capable, ethical, developmental state, that kind of language that we've grown accustomed to, um, but significantly less than the sort of pro-business language that um, we saw at the, at the front end of the speech, um, which I found encouraging. Um, and then, of course, we can, we can return to this later, perhaps, um, he did promise us on Monday that he was going to come back to the um, the, the expert panel report on the civil unrest from last year. Um, unfortunately, he didn't really announce any um, concrete action, um, save to say that they were going to look to implement the recommendations of that panel. Um, and he spoke about the state capture report, but again, really only just repeated a, 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 a commitment he had made earlier to come up with, with a substantive plan by June 30th. And so the two hours, much of that two hours was dedicated to repeating things that we already knew and things that he already said. So as important as they were for him to touch on, um, they certainly weren't, was, weren't new. Um, and we were left we were left unsatisfied on, on some of the things that I think we were hoping that he would address in greater detail. All right. No, no, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for that, Low. And, you know, one just also then waits to see what type of color, you know, will be provided, particularly around um, issues, you know, that have to do with, the, you know, the state capture report, the expert panel report, because, um, you know, those are issues where, at least on the economic side, um, on the funding side, a lot of our questions will be answered answered in a couple of weeks when Minister Gondongwana gives us um, his um, maiden, you know, full full year budget speech. We'll get a lot of answers, you know, from that. But, you know, for some of these other questions, one waits to see how uh, some of those things will be tackled. Um, Yolandi, uh, just coming back to you, I think one of the big things that um, the both of you seem to um, seem to be on is the fact that uh, this seemed to be uh, more of a pro-business uh, type of speech um, that uh, came out from the president, um, and it's a very fine line, you know, that has to be that has to be, I guess, uh, a, a very fine line that has to be walked in terms of balancing the social needs of the country versus uh, the economic needs, and with a lot of emphasis being placed um, on the fact that. Uh, uh, the fact that private uh, private businesses are the ones that are here to create, uh, you know, employment and all of that. Um, what type of things do you sort of expect? Um, I think you were hinting on this, uh, you know, earlier on. What type of things um, do you are you looking to prioritize um, when you're listening to Minister Gonongwana's speech in a couple of weeks? Uh, because I, I would imagine that something like the corporate income tax, you know, would be something that a lot of businesses are, you know, quite concerned about um, at the moment. Or do you think uh, that uh, businesses are looking for um, other types of incentives or other areas of relief, um, you know, just so that they can, you know, employ all these people? Uh, as the president is saying. No, absolutely right. And yes, I've already alluded to the corporate income tax rate because that is, like I've mentioned, they've been silent all along since last year's budget speech. So will that actually still be implemented? I have no idea. And um, yes, there is a fine balance in, in you know, in getting um, or reducing the fiscal deficit 
but also assisting companies because a lot of them are still recovering from this pandemic. Um, a lot of them aren't able to afford to pay their employees still. They haven't fully recovered. A lot of businesses have closed. So definitely looking forward to the details that will be announced in the budget speech regarding the Employment Tax Incentive Program. Will it actually be, and you know what, and what we currently see, and we've actually done research, and a lot of employers are worried and they don't utilize the Employment Tax Incentive Program, to give an example, because they are worried about non-compliance, they are worried about the complexity, the administrative burden. And for years, I've been hoping that that would be reduced, you know, to simplify the employment tax administration for more employers, because small businesses who don't have tax petitioners aren't always comfortable in utilising because it is, like I said, an administrative burden. You have to make sure that it is claimed 100% correctly. And a lot of them are just not utilising, not benefiting from it at all because of that worry um, of non-compliance. And they are scared to use that. So, um, you know, like I've said, I've been hoping for simplification for a past number of years, but I've given up a bit of hope. Um, And and that is something that when he announces those those changes to the Employment Tax Incentive, I'm really hoping that something would be mentioned um, in terms of calculations, the the reporting thereof to SARS, et cetera. So that is um, on top of my mind. I mentioned the corporate income tax rate. And then um, just, yes, I'd, yeah, that's, those are basically the two um, main areas out there that I'm looking forward in terms of relief. Um, perhaps as a, as a, as a follow-up um, to you, Yolandi, on, on this point, um, one of the big uh, debates, I guess, over the last uh, two years now, um, due to this lockdown period for businesses and, you know, a lot of uh, people that are working for companies, etc., is this question of, you know, working from home and what does it mean, um, you know, in terms of the tax regime? Um, do you think we'll get any, because I don't particularly remember him mentioning it, but do you think we'll get any, um, any, any, any issues, maybe not issues, but any relief um, into, or clarity rather just around, you know, what does all of that mean? Because, you know, I'm working from home right now and I've been told, you know, from certain corners that, you know, as long as you have a dedicated workspace, you mm-hmm. could claim the electricity and your Wi-Fi and all of this stuff. And, uh, you know, and one of the big questions that was out there was, do you know, do I go and claim directly from SARS? Do you claim directly from your companies? You know, do you think, you know, an issue like that will be addressed? Mm. Very good question, because it affects a lot of us working from home these days. So last year, and I mean, currently the regulations or the requirement to claim home office expenses are quite stringent. And in my opinion, not always fair, as you've just mentioned if you don't have a dedicated area, then you're not necessarily able to claim those expenses. And not all of us are as privileged to have a separate working space or working or um, area in your house. So definitely that needs attention. In the 2021 budget review document, it was mentioned that National Treasury would specifically look into this and they would start with consultations during the 2021-2022 year. Now we know it is a complex topic, so it must be well thought through and you know, it's, it, it shouldn't be a one-size-fits-all. But I think because it's so complex, they haven't changed anything this year. 
nothing was mentioned in the amendment act so um obviously as a starting point and that will probably still go through that whole process legislative process but i'm hoping that he will mention something in this budget speech you know just as far as the progress has been made in terms of these schemes to provide a bit of relief something else that i want to just mention is the two pot retirement system or that so called two pot retirement system where you um will be able to have access to one third of your retirement savings and two thirds um won't be accessible and that is obviously a way to force people to save for retirement to reserve those funds but also have a bit of money available in case of emergency now there's a discussion paper out on that um and as part of that they've also mentioned mandatory schemes and auto enrollment into pension or retirement schemes so that is also I'm I'm hoping to hear in the budget speech what exactly is the progress on that will it still be implemented starting next year you know what the tax implications will be because only once the draft legislation is published will we actually see what the tax implication will be will there be a statutory contribution in terms of a fixed percentage and how exactly that will work um so your two pot retirement system and the home office expenses definitely on the cards for the budget speech No certainly I think a lot of us will be sitting and waiting to see uh, what type of clarity can we get from you know some of those issues because um it is affecting a lot of people and do you know to your point um a lot of the regulations are stringent but above uh, apart from being stringent if you are just um, someone who's working uh, you might not even be aware that you have this ability to claim you know but at the same time for those that do know they can claim they might um you know be um what do you call this they might be at pains to actually find themselves you know dedicated workspaces all of the issues uh, that, that that you've just raised including um that issue of uh, retirement at the end um so once again another big point that we're going to be waiting on um lo i want to come back to something uh, that uh, you know that you mentioned earlier on and that was um you took time to mention to us that the language of yesterday sona was very important um you know the way he uh, was phrasing certain things in the beginning and then coming back to the familiar language um that uh, that we've been used to but at the same time um you mentioning uh you know some of the comical moments uh, the da you know sort of cheering in certain points but you know getting a somewhat muted response from you know anc leaders because of um, you know some of those more uh, pro business stances because in the political economy you know there's a lot of promises that are given to us but um the president is going to um have to coalesce around the different parties that are out there you know action sa is now uh, a new player you know that is going to be having to to make um some type of concessions with uh, you know build coalitions and all of that uh, the reality on the ground on your end just around are the promises versus what we can actually um get done you know how are you seeing that play out yeah and i think that's that was that was very much part of the story yesterday um the the president finds himself in a in, in a very um peculiar moment um in terms of the political business cycle we had an election last year that was a disaster for the for the ruling party and, and everyone is talking about 2024 um all eyes on 2024 so some of the the more unpopular decisions that that maybe need to be made 
um, perhaps this is the year to make it because take tax tax increases as an example. If you were going to increase them in 2023, um, you might have to reap what you sow in 2024. I mean, you're certainly not doing it in an election year. So there are some um, unpopular things perhaps that, that need to happen now, but at the same time, the president is um, very aware that um, he's standing for re-election in December. Um, and as such, with, with all the cabinet members that I think that maybe you and I would like to see um, shuffled out um, or taken to task, um, he simply doesn't have the space to do that right now. Um, he, has to, he has to take care of his caucus. Um, and I think that sometimes it, it feels like when he, when he appoints these, these advisory councils and the task teams and what have you, <clears throat> it seems bizarre because um, you, you wonder out loud, but what is the minister doing? If you're, if you're um, appointing uh, Mavuso Simang and, and Sipo Nkosi and Daniel Manele to, to take care of, of, of visa reform and, and red tape and, and climate change and all of those things, what are the ministers up to? What are they doing? Why can't they do it as well? Why is it necessary to, to appoint task teams to take care of these things? Um, but we do see that um, a lot of these task teams are located within the presidency. The same way that we saw last month, the, um, the political um, reporting line for the state security agency um, was redirected um, to the presidency, to the minister in the presidency. So a consolidation taking place there um, and him bringing a lot of these functions closer to home and consolidating it. Um, but he finds himself in a very sticky wicket. He has to, he has to um, worry about what, what the country needs and he also has to worry about unity within the ANC and he has to worry about um, getting another term at the end of the year. Um, and so yesterday we, we, saw, we, we saw some comical moments. As I said, we, we also saw some, um, some not so subtle jabs um, being aimed. Um, I think he aimed one at, um, at um, Tourism Minister Lindewe Sassoon. Um, he, he was very conscious in, in referring to our constitution as the best constitution in the world. Um, that was definitely a comment aimed at her. Um, and he returned to that theme later in the speech. Um, and I think that there were, there were other comments in there where he, um, I think he was, um, he was, yeah, he was, he was quite honest about some of the failures. Um, and there were some mild rebukes of underperforming departments. Um, and, and, and so that's 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 encouraging, but again needs to be needs to be seen within the context of, of what can he actually do, considering the the political shackles that he has at the moment. There was a moment last night where the camera panned to to Beggy Taylor um, as he was referring to the expert panel report, and you could see on um, on Minister Taylor's face that it's it's a man who knows that his job is safe, um, and that he's not going to be removed. Um, and these are the realities um, for for Mr. Ramaphosa, um, but. Yeah, like I said, the language was important. The pro-business language was important. He's now set up his finance minister um, to to deliver to or to to build on this with his with his maiden speech. And being his maiden speech, it perhaps has a little bit more scope for him to do things that um, you know an incumbent may not have been able to to do. Um, one would expect him to continue on the fiscal consolidation path that um, Tito Boweni um, charted. Um, but there is just a little bit of space, considering the political cycle um, and the fact that he's new to the job, for him to maybe make some make some brave decisions um, and, and 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 move away from what we've seen in the past, where you know your spending priorities, you know, it just becomes a reallocation of spending um, and your familiar cut to to the equitable share that goes to provinces and the conditional grants, you know, shaving here and shaving there, cutting away from from places where. 
the spending is desperately needed um, in order to try and finance um, social protection and, and some of the other programs that the, the president spoke of last night. Um, so, yeah, we're all keenly anticipating February 23rd to see um, um, Mr. Konondwana build on this. Yeah, no, certainly keenly anticipating uh, that speech um, in, a, in a couple of weeks just to see which items are going to be, um, you know, expounded and expanded upon. Uh, and it is an interesting one just to see, um, you know, the different, um, you know, the different stakeholders that um, the president has to sort of uh, make alliance with. Uh, but at the same time, that fine balance that we were talking about earlier on of, you know, balancing out uh, the economic needs, the business needs, um, you know, versus uh, the pressure to actually, you know, be re-elected um, once again. So some of the tough decisions that, you know, do need to be taken, you know, will they really, you know, be taken? Or once again, will we see another year of kicking the bucket down the road um, as a sort of become customary? And I think that's uh, possibly where we can um, end today's discussion. It's been quite wide ranging. And, uh, you know, thank you so much to Yolandi and Lo. And I think I'm just going to give each one of you, uh, starting off with Lo and then uh, Yolandi, you will have the last word on this discussion, um, is to just say, right, um, we've all heard the speech by now. We've had uh, a night to sort of uh, go over, mull over it. You know, those ha those that had dreams about it, they had dreams about it. Those that sat and took notes, took notes. Those that analyzed, um, have analyzed. And it's simply to say that uh, as much as things um, have been said and we've identified all of these issues uh, the key players in the economy how ha how are they uh, likely to take um, what was being said yesterday um, I guess this is once again coming back to that issue of the note um, the note that is being struck by uh, the president in his pronouncements um, so low just your take just around um, you know uh, from a macro point of view as South Africa as uh, consumers as uh, the various stakeholders how do we take it because um you know, consumers, for example, have been under immense pressure um, over the last uh, couple of years. How do we, um, you know, take this thing, um, everything that was said yesterday? Do we sort of smile and say, okay, I think uh, the president and government have our back? Or do we sort of sit there and say, hmm, he didn't really say much. I wonder what the rest of the year is going to entail. Yeah, I have to be. I have to be honest. Um, I, I came into into the, the, the speech um, with very low expectations, um, and I, I, I still came away feeling a certain amount of positivity. I know ultimately it is just that it's a speech. It's a two-hour chinwag, um, and the proof is in the pudding. Whether or not things mentioned yesterday can be put into into action, um, can can Ramaphosa's government deliver what the president has promised us? Um, but having said that, his, these things do matter, of course, and this is why there's so much attention on. And I think he struck the right note yesterday, and he, and he struck an excellent balance between, um, like I said, the aspirational stuff and then the sort of meat and bones type detail, detailed pronouncements. Um, so I, I feel I feel that he's, he set the political year off to off on off on the right foot. Um, the president is facing enormous pressures and challenges, as we know. Um, but in, in all of these challenges, there's also opportunity. Um, and the, the focus for the next six months, at the very least, is, is to see whether or not Mr. Ramaphosa can take these challenges and, and, and turn them into, into something that he can that he, and to take advantage of these opportunities that they present. 
um, and and trying to make substantial changes that can shift the country's mood, which is which is not good. Um, we got the year off to a terrible start with the burning of parliament. And yesterday was the first time, as he said, that um, Sona was delivered anywhere other than the National Assembly. Um, and it, yeah, it did feel like a metaphor for where we are as a nation. So if if the top, if the goal was just to to deliver a speech that could that could maybe just get us a little bit out of the funk and maybe have have the private sector prick their ears and think that maybe there is an opportunity here. They are the green shoots they've spoken of in the past. I think perhaps he's succeeded on that score, um, and I and I hope that we can push on, and I hope that we can we can see progress. Um, but again, the proof is in the pudding, and um, it's over to Mr. Guanajuato now. Certainly, the proof is in the pudding, Yolandi. Your take, from a you know just uh, listening to it from a business point of view, you highlighted a number of uh, questions and issues that businesses, um, you know, will be concerned about and were likely taking note of. But I, I guess it's that uh, overall thing of you know uh, has he struck a positive note? You know, is this something that inspires uh, you know business confidence and also um, just from you know a certain point of view because uh, when it comes to business a lot of people are looking uh, for a lot of certainty absolutely and as low mentioned I mean you know I also feel a bit of positivity actually um, a lot of things were addressed and I mean now is the time to rehabilitate businesses um, so that they can grow point more people and we can get out of this this I don't want to say a rabbit hole but at this point it is still a bit of a rabbit hole and they, if they keep on providing relief to these affected businesses, you know, in terms of the employment tax incentive, et cetera, then um, we can create jobs, keep employment. And um, as I mentioned, I mean, yo, it is brave decisions that will have to be made. And it's all about, you said, proof is in the pudding. It's all about execution and obviously accountability. But this thing, yo, I think I feel positive about this. And hopefully this is the year when we um, switch things around. So that's been it for this discussion. Very wide-ranging, very interesting, looking at things from a macroeconomic and business point of view, uh, just off of uh, the State of the Nation address uh, that was given by President Suramaposa this week. Um, giving insight was uh, Yolandi Esterhazen, who is a registered tax practitioner and director for Product Compliance Over at Sage Africa and Middle East, uh, together with Lo Nell, who is a senior political analyst over at Oxford um, Economics Africa. Some of the big things that came out of this discussion, um, I think on both sides, uh, there's an agreement uh, that the president struck, you know, a very positive note, uh, you know, with the State of the Nation address, uh, but particularly leaning uh, towards being um, more business friendly, uh, because we heard him himself talking about how um, the, the engine for economic growth and also employment is is, uh, private businesses as opposed to government. Uh, that was one of the b- uh, big things that came out. It was quite a long speech and a lot of things were covered. Uh, but on the side of the taxes, uh, Yolandi just... Um 
mentioning um you know some of the clarity around the cost of doing business uh, corporate income taxes uh, employment incentives as well as uh, basic income grants uh, that we're going to likely uh, need to get some clarity on when mr gondongwana takes uh, the stage in a couple of weeks for his budget speech and low just talking about the fact that this has been one of the better um you know sona speeches and the fact that uh, you know he did address um the energy crisis but what they actually going to do on the ground you know remains to be seen uh, particularly when it comes to those reports um, around the expert panel as well as uh, state capture you know how are they going to actually make sure uh, that these things don't um, you know happen again and also just um, just as a metaphor uh, like uh, he was pointing out to say that last night uh, was the first time that that address was given um, without being in the house of assembly um, sort of as a metaphor of where the country is um, on and, um, you know, just from um, a state of the nation point of view. So that's been it. Uh, thank you so much. This is Mudiwa's Take. With great plans must come great execution. I think that could literally uh, or really does need to be a theme um, or a slogan of some sort because um, we've mentioned time and time again uh, that in South Africa there are a lot of uh, good plans uh, that are put out there, a lot of great speeches that are made, but execution is where things sort of, uh, you know, rise or fall. So going forward, it's going to be interesting uh, as we anticipate uh, Minister Gonongwana's maiden uh, full-year budget speech um, in a couple of weeks. You know what are going to be uh, the big themes that are actually spoken on? What type of uh, things taken from the State of the Nation address uh, that we're actually going to get full clarity, full color on, and not leave us with more questions? And then, more importantly, um, after all of that, how much of that actually gets implemented? How much of it actually gets done? Um, one of the things I was enjoying um, when listening to someone like Yolandi was that she was mentioning things that had been said at Sona last year, things that had been said at uh, the budget speech. But after that, you know, there was a bit of silence, right? And nothing had been said about, you know, some of these issues such as, um, you know, NHI. So, one also waits to see this year, you know, hopefully we don't have, uh, you know, more of those situations where something is just said and spoken about and then people just go quiet uh, because once again, it uh, goes back to uh, just to use Lowe's term of chin wagging, you know, paying lip service to some of these issues. Um, the execution is going to really need to be, you know, quite important. And also just that fact that, uh, you know, there are uh, some of these elections that are going on, particularly on the president's side, standing for re-election uh, later this year. How does that uh, need, you know, on the political front actually balance out um, with uh, the the macroeconomic needs um, of the country um, at the moment? You know, particularly because he has been um, a, a big person whose uh, policy agenda has been around um, the economy. So, you know, fixing unemployment 
fixing um you know joblessness fixing uh, the ease of doing business in south africa these are all things uh, that do need to happen so a lot of the things that he was saying yesterday being uh, business friendly etc they do sort of serve um his overarching agenda that has been in place um you know from the beginning so the consistency um is appreciated but the action will need to back that up And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.